Hey Ellas, you're listening to Chit Ella Chat. It's your host, Janelle J for short. What is Ella's purpose? Well, it's to ensure women of all ages become women of purpose through mentoring and empowering with God's word as the foundation. So tune in, sit back, receive, and most of all, let's get started. Oh my goodness, it is so good to be back. I am so excited. Yes. Um <laughs> I am just so happy to get back to work. The devil really tried to get me off track, but we are back. And I'm excited. <laughs> I just want to say glory to God for pulling me through everything and bringing me back to his word. Um one thing I love about land control is that this literally brings me back to the word every time, no matter what I do, as long as it has to do with Ella, I have to be in the word because I promised you guys that I said this is built on the foundation of God's word. So I can't come to you with anything else but the word of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So um, I just want to say I sound a little uh, nasally. I ain't got the vid. I ain't got the vid. I'm going through some serious allergy seasons. I was actually at the dentist today, too. And they did some real cleaning on my teeth today. So, you know, I'm having a day. <laughs> I'm having a day. And it's okay. We're going to make this work. We're going to make this work. Um, also, I just want to come to you guys and let you guys know, I'm so sorry that I haven't been bringing that content consistently. I, my life has been, I have not had a steady home in a year. <laughs> so I've literally been moving and up and down and around. And finally, I just said, you know what, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I got to make time to bring the gospel to you guys because that's really what's important. Yeah, some people don't remember that, but that is what's important. (laughs) So today, the title of our episode is Repent is Deeper Than Oops. Because a lot of the time when we think of repentance, you know, especially when you're not fully understanding to the extent of what repentance is, we just think it's like, oops, sorry, God, I didn't mean it. Oh, my gosh. Oops. Which in a, in context, it could be. It could it, if you want to put it in layman terms and just call it simple, like, yeah, it is an oops. But really, it does go deeper than that. It goes so much deeper than just saying, God, I'm sorry. So we're going to get into a lot of what that is today. We're going to talk about what the definition of repentance is, but we're also going to get into the prayer, um, David's prayer. And this is what he prayed after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to be stumbling our words today. My teeth is like rubber. Okay. But anyways, so we're really going to get into what repentance is. We're going to talk about the prayer, David's prayer. And we're just going to dive into it. And I think it's important, especially in this day and age, a lot of us, We're doing things and not repenting for it because we just think like, oh yeah, God understands that I didn't mean to do it. So I can just skip over the part of repentance and just be like, God, you knew I didn't mean it. My bad. And move on from there. But it's deeper. It's much deeper than just saying, God, my bad. I did this. Let's move forward. This is almost like a period and a time of reflection. You are supposed to feel sad about what you did. You're supposed to have a bit of remorse. You're supposed to kind of be like, I can't believe I did that and have that real in-depth conversation because sometimes these sins that we're committing isn't something as simple as we're just sinning. It's deeper than that. When I think of temptation, 
before we get into it. But when I think of temptation, it only affects you because somewhere in that temptation is something that is your weakness, right? And if we don't address the things that are within temptation that make us weak and as to why we fall to it, for example, you know, when we sin about lying, right? Sometimes I used to know a girl who would lie. She would say she was R. Kelly's niece. And I'm like, if you are Kelly's niece, now I know this is, this could be touchy because you know, R. Kelly, (laughs) but she used to tell us in school, she's R. Kelly's niece. And I'm like, what are you doing in the hood? If you are Kelly's niece, shouldn't you be living in a mansion or something? And then the other time she told us that she's Bow Wow's cousin and she used to lie all the time. And what we found out was that her life at home wasn't all that great. You know, she was sleeping on the floor. She had a bunch bunch of people living with her. Her mom had men coming in and out of the house. So she tried to make up this life, this life because she just wanted to escape her own reality. And I remember saying to myself, you know, as I got older, I'm like, man, she has to look into what's deep what's what's going on within is deeper than just the fact that she's lying it's she's lying because she's dealing with the situation that none of us are seeing and it's so much deeper but she just doesn't want to confront it she wants to hide hide it so instead of just saying you know what yeah my mom has dudes in and out of the house and that hurts me and I sleep on the floor and I you know I'm struggling with that I'm gonna lie about the life that I live lying is a sin And I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's the easiest sin to commit because sometimes you do it and you're like, why did I do that? Like, there'll be times I'll be telling a story and I'm over-exaggerating the story. I'm like, why am I doing that? (laughs) Like, sorry about that. And sometimes you want something to sound more exciting than it is, but why lie about it? If it's not exciting to that person, it doesn't matter then. (laughs) Right? Crazy. So this is why we have to be able to understand why temptation has that advantage on you. We have to understand why temptation works and why repentance is deeper than just saying, oops, right? All right, so let's get into it. First of all, I want you guys to pull it up before we get into that um, David's prayer for repentance. It's Psalm 51. So just have that on deck because I do want you guys to go through this with me and we're going to talk, we're going to break it down and talk about what part affects what. And it's important that we really do understand to a degree. And I I pray that the Holy Spirit is with me. I don't want to preach any false doctrine. I don't want to say anything that's wrong. So that I so I ask the Holy Spirit to take a hold of my tongue and my mind and give me the wisdom. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk about the definition of repentance. So we have to understand why it's important to understand the definition of words. I remember I used to always get into arguments with somebody because they would they wouldn't use the word correctly so I remember one day I was like we were talking about something and the person used the word and I was like that's not how you use the word and it's not in context of the conversation let's look up the definition because if we're going to be using words we better understand what we're doing and this is why the English the English um language that we have is important because it really does make a difference in what that word means because repentance to somebody could be different because they don't actually know the definition but when you know the definition you're able to fully understand and operate properly with that word i'm not saying it's a big pet peeve of mine that's not that's not at all what i'm saying but it definitely does get to me when i you know when i hear that people don't be using the word properly it's just it's annoying Especially when you're in an argument with somebody or a disagreement. I don't want to say necessarily argument. But when you're in a disagreement with somebody and they're throwing words at you. And you're like, that word is not even for that. Like, <laughs> does it make sense to the context of the conversation? Stop it. 
Anyways, so the definition of repentance, now my notes are a little crazy, so just deal with me for a second. So the repentance is a summons to a personal, absolute, and ultimate, unconditional, unconditional surrender to God. To God. In repenting, one makes a complete change towards God. Do you hear that? In repenting, that person, one, makes a complete change towards God. That means that when you're saying sorry, you're not just saying it and you're going to do it tomorrow. But you're saying it with the intention to not do it again. And that you're giving it to God. And that when you turned your back on God to com- to commit that sin that you now have to repent for, you're turning back to God and saying, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to now be better than what just happened. Right. So let's 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 read that one more time. Repentance is a summons to a personal. So this is I love the word personal because that literally means it's you. You're not repenting for anybody else but yourself. Okay, if you commit a sin with somebody else, don't worry about if they repented. Worry about if you repented, because when you get to the pearly gates, God isn't going to ask you about if Sister Jen repented. He's going to say, why didn't you repent? Right? So it's a personal, absolute, ultimate, unconditional surrender. I don't think I have to explain surrender. If you don't know what surrender is, all right, I'm going to tell you one day. I'm going to get into what surrender is. That's a good topic for episode. Complete and total surrender. But that's being vulnerable. Like you just literally leaving it all there. You know that song? I surrender all. You're surrendering all. So you're saying, God, I am vulnerable. I'm opening up. I'm giving it all to you. To God. In repenting, one, you, makes a complete change. 180. We don't want to say 360. I remember I used to always say 360 and everyone's like, stop saying that. And I'm like, wow. This is where now I became that person where I was using things and I didn't understand it. It, <laughs> that's 360 they're like stop saying 360 because that means that you end up right back at the same spot i was like oh you're right so it's a 180 you want to you want to turn around and hit a different point in your life you don't want to go back to where you started so a 180 towards god right so i understand that when you sin it's embarrassing what do you feel when you sin you feel shame you feel embarrassed Sometimes some people even don't want to address it because they kind of like how it felt. Let's be honest. Sin doesn't happen because we don't like it. Sin happens because there's some kind of good feeling we get from it. And that's the flesh, right? We know that's the flesh. Like I'm sure when David was committing adultery with Bathsheba, he wasn't like, this don't feel good. I'm sure, let's be honest here. We're going to speak real. I'm sure he didn't say this doesn't feel good. But at the same time, he understood when it was done, the impact that he had at that point, right? Because now he's feeling the effect of it. He's like, whoa, I'm done. I felt good at that time, but now I'm not feeling so good after that. So we have to understand that temptation has power, not because we don't like it, but because there's a part of us that enjoys it. Because let's be honest, some things of the world seem enticing. When I used to go to the club, you didn't go to the club because you didn't like it. (laughs) You didn't drink because you didn't like it. You didn't smoke weed or you didn't do this because you didn't enjoy it. There's parts of it that you enjoy, but we know that that's feeding the flesh and the flesh doesn't want good for you, right? We know that the flesh is going to enjoy these terrible things because that's what the flesh does. 
that's what the flesh do. <laughs> it just makes you enjoy these things that are, you know, not good for you. So we can't sit here and act like this is something that's easy or something that we can just get by. No, that's not what it is, right? So sometimes, and I'm going to be honest, when I first heard about repentance, I should, well, not heard, but when I actually started to be a full-blown Christian, not these lukewarms nowadays who think they can put a scripture in their bio or in their caption or on their body, but not actually live Christ. Yeah, I said it. Um, when I actually gave my life to God and I was on fire, I had to fully understand repentance. And I remember a good friend of mine, we were talking and um, we actually had a whole Bible study. And in the Bible study, it says to lay it down, turn away and lay it down. That's another um a definition of repentance and I remember saying to myself like that's like repentance isn't just saying sorry and it was that revelation for me like it's not just saying oops I didn't mean to do it it literally means like God I messed up and I have to finally eventually get to a point where I'm saying no I don't want to do this anymore right I have to get to a point where I'm saying no I don't want to keep living this way so that was big for me so I used to say why should we repent like I mean if Christ died for our sins. Why am I repenting? You know what I'm saying? Like, why am I saying sorry if Christ already died for it? So I used to always say that too, because that would stop me from repenting sometimes. I'm like, I don't need to repent. He already died for my sins. So there's no reason why I need to acknowledge, you know, that I just need to move on, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to talk about, uh, some of the research that I did but there was a revelation that came to me and that revelation that came to me was when you say it out loud you have to confront it and my mom always says you got to reveal to heal and I feel like the repenting isn't so much because because God doesn't know God knows you're gonna sin before you sin <laughs> let me make that very clear God knows you're going to sin before you sin Okay, so we're not hiding anything from God, but when you're able to sit down and say, you know what, God, I'm repenting for being a liar. It hurts. It hurts. Now, that's just my own personal opinion when it comes to repentance. And I believe that that's the biggest thing about it is you have to actually be honest and say it out loud. You have to actually just say, I sinned and I need to stop. But if we don't actually say it, there's no healing from it. I remember when I first became a Christian and I went to a friend's party and she was like, girl, like, let's drink. And I was like, um, okay, sure. I'll have a drink or two. And I didn't realize that I was going to get drunk and I was having fun. And I was getting lit and I was having a party and I sinned. And I was just like, okay, God, you know, I didn't mean it. Bye. And I moved on. But then it happened again. And then it happened again. And one day I finally just got fed up. And this was much later, much later. Sometimes you don't recognize your sins right away. But this definitely was much later. And after that, <laughs> after I was just saying, God, oops, that when that lesson of repentance came, I realized that drinking is a weight, but getting drunk is the sin. Now, there's a lesson to be to be learned there's weights and sins right so there's there's things that lead to sin right because if we think about like drinking and getting drunk is just one of many but let's just talk about that you can drink 
it's okay to drink. You can have a cup, cup of, a glass of wine, you know. I wouldn't say go get a whole bottle of Henny and drink a shot. I wouldn't say to do that. You definitely want to pace yourself. But drinking is okay. It's the getting drunk. Why do you think God does not want us to get drunk? When you're drunk, you lose all wisdom. <laughs> okay? You lose all wisdom and self control why is self-control a big thing for us to be worried about it's a fruit of the spirit it's a fruit of the spirit if we want to go and talk about fruits of the spirit and fruits of the flesh here let me go to uh galatians for a second and let me see here hold on i'm just getting to my galatians so galatians 5 i believe it starts from 19 Okay, so for the so uh, it starts from 17. So for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. So we understand that the the flesh wants opposite of what the spirit wants, right? So for example, drunkenness is opposite of the spirit. Therefore, we don't want to do it. <laughs> you lose self-control, which is fruit of the spirit. You lose your peace. You lose your gentleness. These are things that are contrary to the spirit. When you drunk, let me tell you about some of the things of the flesh. And I'm going to tell you because I experienced some of these things when I used to get drunk. I would have fits of rage. (laughs) My cousin was laughing the other day. She told me I tried to fight her. Why would I try to fight my cousin? Because I lost complete self-control. And I was, it was at her birthday party. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You know? Debauchery. Hatred, discourse, all these things happen while I was drunk. Drunkenness brings out the fruits of the flesh and opposes the fruits of the spirit. So we have to understand why it's important when God says not to do certain things and not to allow certain weights to become sins. It's important that we listen. Now, I'm not saying you can't mess up. God knows this is why Christ died, right? We're going to sin. It's going to happen. We're going to experience these these things. But it's to repent and acknowledge it. Right? So let's get into something that I spoke about earlier real quickly. And when I used to say, when I said before, we have to look deeper into what exactly it is in that sin or that temptation that, 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 that draws us to it. So I used to drink because people used to say I was fun. Oh my gosh, what you do drunk? She's so fun. She's so funny. I love her. And I used to just do it all the time. But then I actually started to have uh, issues in my mind. So I would go out and I think, oh my gosh, I'm not pretty enough. Like, oh my gosh, guys are going to think I'm ugly. Oh my gosh, I'm not pretty as the girls I'm going out with. And like, oh my goodness. So I would have all these kind of feelings that I was dealing with on the inside and the only way that I could get rid of those anxious thoughts was to drink and get drunk that's how I would have fun I would have these anxious thoughts going on in my mind and to get rid of them I would get drunk because I lost sense of that I lost all I lost all senses at that point right I mean I used to take a bottle of tequila with me finish the bottle before I went somewhere and then got somewhere and I was like I'm good and I was a mess so there's things deeper into the sin that we have to address and that's why repentance is important so this is what i found online 
when it says, didn't Christ die for our sins? The purpose or goal of repentance is to be able to embrace the reality of life in the kingdom. I love it. Foundationally means to change the way you think about yourself, about God, and about other people. That's so important. That is so important. Repentance is to change change and this is why like my mom always says you have to reveal to heal because when you reveal it and you're healing it changes things when I healed from something that happened to me as a child I was able to understand myself better I was able to change the way I thought about myself and God and other people around me when I finally said you know what God I forgive that person whatever the case may be, and I forgive myself. I'm repenting for the things that I did because I didn't have the knowledge or the wisdom at the time to deal with it. So I was doing things to cope that were sinful. But God, now that I see and I'm repenting and I'm revealing to you and I'm able to heal from it, I can now change. We hear that that word change again, a complete change, a complete 180 towards God. What does it say? Change the way you think about God. Change yourself moving towards God. Guys, it's important to repent. It's important. It's a major part of Christian life other than the good stuff. There's a whole bunch of good stuff in store for us in heaven. I love the fact that when we get there, we're going to eat things we never ate before. It's going to taste. Woo! If anybody knows, knows I love food. So I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. But obviously, biggest things to me, Jesus. I'm like, wow, Jesus. I've been reading about you. I saw the Chosen series, which I was going to watch today. But I was like, if I watch it, I'm not going to be able to record. But so many different things that I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to see Paul. I can't wait to see David. I can't wait to see Eve. Eve, I'm working on forgiving you. And I still can't wait to see you because you're the mother you brought. I came from your loins. (laughs) So there's so many things I can't wait to do when I get to heaven. But I just thought I should let y'all know. You don't go to heaven if you don't repent for your sins. Because that means you're just living in it. Yes, there are, uh, sorry about that, guys. Yes, there are times when you can sin unknowingly. Those are un- unknowing sins. Like, I wouldn't know them right now because I probably don't know it. <laughs> if I knew it, then I wouldn't say it's a sin that I know, right? Anyways, but there's sins that we don't know about, right? And then there's sins that we know about. And if you know it and you're still doing it, you can mess up. But if it's something that you're consistently doing, it's now not a sin, it's a behavior and it's a habit. That's a whole different conversation. But let's let's dive into it just a little bit. If you're sinning every day, okay? So let's say every day you're committing adultery, right? Every day you decide, I'm going to get up, I'm going to commit adultery, and that's just what it's going to be. So if you guys want to know what adultery is, just in case you don't know, let me get the right definition i don't want to go by what uh what my mind is telling me to say i want to make sure i get it correct okay adultery is consensual sexual relationship or encounter between someone who's married or person they're not married to in other words it can be between two people who are both married to other people or between a married person. Okay, so maybe not adultery. My bad. See see what happens when you don't know things. I think it's fornication is what I'm looking for. 
fornication. All right. All right. Perfect. Fornication is what I'm looking for. I apologize. <laughs> you see, you see what happens when you're using words out of context. But I mean, if some of y'all out there committing adulteries, if some of y'all is married and sleeping around, that's adultery. Now, if you're fornicating, that's sexual intercourse between people not married to each other. So that just means y'all in a relationship having sex all the time, which man, this world is full of fornicators. This world is full of fornicators. Okay. So it's just premarital sex, right? Not just, but that's what it is. So let's say every day you wake up with the intent to fornicate. I follow this group on Facebook. It's called Bibles and Girl Talk and there was this big discussion about fornication and should you live with your partner before you're married to them. Now, I'm going to give my opinion on that when we get to that episode. Because don't worry, coming soon we're going to get to really breaking down toxic relationships, engagements, marriage, the different steps. It's going to be a good time. So, we're definitely going to break all of that down. So, just bear with me when we get there. I can't wait to give you guys that knowledge. I've learned so much in my own testimony, which I'll be getting real in-depth with, um, which is something that I could talk about now. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm going through a divorce, and that is a sin. And uh, I had to, I, ha- I still have to, I repent on that every day, because there are things that happened within my marriage that were sinful, and things that caused this, and this repentance is making me change the way I think about myself, has changed the way I think about my ex- my, my soon-to-be ex-husband, the way I think about God and marriage and relationships, and I'm diving much more into what's going on with my own life, and I'm so happy that I can freely say it, and I remember saying to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, I'm embarrassed, but for some reason before God, I feel, I feel solitude, but I feel like it's going to be okay. You know, when you talk to somebody and, and this is a good point when, when we bring it back to repentance, you can't repent to man because man doesn't have the heart of God. When you sit before somebody, I remember I sat before somebody and I actually expressed to them about what I'm going through. Now, I don't really have a lot of close friends and the reason why I try not to have a group of friends is because I don't need a whole bunch of yes mans around me. If you just faithful and you will just tell me the truth like it is, I love that. I'm a very, I'm someone who loves straightforward honesty. Obviously, if it's coming from a place of love, I will take it. If it's coming from a place to hurt you, your spirit discerns it and you'll be able to understand. And this person was coming from a place of unfortunately hate. And you could tell that they couldn't wait to see this happen they kind of like ran and actually what ended up happening was it was revealed to me that this person was spreading my business through a child and the child had repeated what the mother said and I said to myself dear god this is this is sad because I went to man to bear my heart out and man did what they do best they hurt you but when I went to god everything was kept sacred and secret and I didn't have to feel like I was worried about if God would tell somebody and even if God told somebody it wasn't to hurt me because God only has good for us if God went and said to somebody a prophet and said prophet my child is hurting because she's going through divorce that person isn't sent to hurt me that person sent to help me but man doesn't have the heart of God man is wicked right so when you go through a stage of repentance, understand only to God will you achieve what you're looking for. Meaning, full understanding, love, comfort, it's going to hurt. God's going to make sure you understand he ain't pleased with it. 
but he loves you. That's like when my dog, oh my gosh, this is a perfect example. <laughs> this is a perfect example of, <laughs> sorry, I went to go pet him. This is a perfect example of God's love. Okay. Let me, let me show you, let me show you God's love through me and my dog. Okay. I'm not God, but let's put me in the place to understand. The other day, my dog, he peed somewhere and I was so upset. And I said, Nico, why did you do that? Little tap on his bum. And I was upset. And then two minutes later, I just had to hug him and kiss him and give him just big hugs and kisses. I'm like, I don't want to punish you, man. I don't. But you can't do that. Then the next day, he did it again. The same thing. I was like, I'm going to kill this dog. Fits of rage. Working on that. (laughs) That's a fruit of the flesh. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. He peed on, he actually peed on the side of my, on my mattress. I was so upset. Oh my gosh, I put him on the leash. I put, oh, so angry with him. I said, sit in your bed. Don't come out of there. And like 10 minutes later, I just hugged him and I loved him. I said, I'm sorry, but you can't do that. And that is the love of God without the fits of rage. Cause that's not God. You know, God does get angry, read Hosea, but he comes and he loves on you. So even though there's, like, Nico, he gets so sad, he hides under the couch, he puts his head down, he's so sad, and then I'm like, okay, come here, baby, come, and then he comes, and he gets his cuddles, and his head, he's like, okay, she does love me, she was just angry because I did something bad, I hope he understands that, (laughs) but that's what it is, that's the relationship, that's the connection, right? So let's get into David's prayer, because I think it's important that we break this down, now, uh, bear with me, I got my Bible in front of me. I need to get glasses and that's the next step of my journey. <laughs> you know, when you got them good benefits at work, it's about to renew. So I'm about to go get some glasses. <laughs> anyway, so Psalm 51, I hope that you guys had it open and ready to go. So let's talk about the repentance part. And I believe that this is the part where David is asking this. This is the part where David is repenting. So let's go to one, two, six. So one says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions Two, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Three, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. I'm not going to say these numbers. I don't know why I'm saying these numbers. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict when you, uh, in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Glory to God. Um, Let's go back to, let's talk about three. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Four is what really, I want you guys to hone on in, in, in this part. The whole, don't get me wrong. The whole prayer is powerful and glory to God for the man that David was, um, is, amen, his spirit. Four says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Let's repeat that against you, God, you only have I sinned. Man will not tell you. Let's get wisdom from that. Man will not tell you that you sinned. If I went to one of my friends, which I did, and I was like, man, I got real lit. They're going to be like, ew, wow, what'd you do? Woohoo. What? No, that's a sin, right? They won't do, they won't, they won't judge you according 
to what God has said, man will commend that, right? So that's why you have to acknowledge that these sins aren't against anybody else. Yes, you can hurt people through your sins. Yes, when you when you lie or especially adultery, when you're married and you're sleeping with somebody else and your wife finds out and now she's hurt, they, they're, they're owed an apology, definitely, but you sinned against God. You didn't sin against them in a sense, but you sinned against God because it's in the word of God that says you shouldn't because man is wicked. God is pure. That's why it's so important for us to understand that what we do is not for us to be groveling to man because some people struggle with the ability to even forgive when you may come and repent to that person if you want to say that. I remember when I was in my marriage and we would get in arguments and I would go back and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And it was never good enough. Never. It was always had to be like, you're not sorry enough. Not until you do A, B, and C. No, with God, you you repent and you turn away from it. And God says it as well. We can't look to man to fill the desires that only God can fill. It then goes on to say, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Hallelujah. So this is where David is just confessing it. God, I sinned only against you. I know my sins and my sins is before me, God. You see it and you are right to in your verdict and justified when you judge. So when I stand before God and I know I committed fornication, he's right in his justification. He's right when he judge. Or he's right in his verdict, sorry, and justified when he judges. Because his word says not to, but I did it anyways. So you are justified when you judge me, God. Let's get to the second part. This is asking for forgiveness. And this is where we have to understand how it's important that we don't just confess, but we do ask for the forgiveness because it's almost prideful and a bit disrespectful to think that we're just deserving of God's forgiveness. He loves us, so we're his children, but that's almost like if I disrespect my mom and I just expect her to be like, well, well too bad, it's okay, I'm your child, just forgive me. No, you still got to acknowledge and be the bigger person and step to that place and say, you know what? I apologize for what I did. Like, can you forgive me? And then go to God and repent about it. So from seven to 14, the asking for forgiveness and a second chance. So seven says, clean me with hyssop and I will be cleansed. So when I actually did some research into hyssop, which um, I, I thought it was such a weird word at first. And I was like, what, what was hyssop? Hyssop sounds real funny. So hyssop is actually a plant. And in the biblical days, it was pretty much tied into purification, right? So this is a European mint kind of situation. From what I heard, it smells, it has a very strong smell. Um, you can actually drink it for tea. Um, and then it says, I think there was even a scripture that mentioned that Jesus drank uh, hyssop. Um, but this is a cleansing plant. It's, it's, it, 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 uh, pretty much symbolizes 
purification. So that's why David says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. So that plant actually symbolizes exactly what he wants God to do. Purify him. Purify, right? Clean me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then will I teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are my God, sorry, you who are my God's Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Let's go to 10, 11. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I believe without even repenting, we got to ask God for that all the time. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. I know Christians who have been Christians for years, say 30 years. And you can tell that their hearts aren't pure. You can tell that their spirits are Ain't nowhere near steadfast. You can tell that they're just oh, just content with being where they are. There is never a point in Christendom where you cannot elevate. Ever. You don't stop growing. Even in servitude. Even if you're just being a servant. Even if your job is just cleaning the church. There's still elevation in that. There's still elevation. We have an amazing young woman who goes, uh, she's young, you know, she's, she's a little older, but I say she's young because her spirit is so ready to work. And she used to be just so quiet and humble. And she actually used to just clean the church after always there for first Sunday, always ready to pick up the cups and the crackers when they're done, always ready to get that stuff ready, ready to fold up the blankets, brought them home to clean. And she was made a deaconess. Because she was just such a good servant. Actually, what happened was she was overlooked for a second. And then the title came. Now, I'm not saying titles are important, but still the recognition matters. She was a servant, humble servant who was then recognized. And she elevated. And all she used to do was clean the church and just help out. Had a great spirit, showed up to most of the events. And she was dealing with her own issues. But she still always showed up with a great attitude. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is where I remember I was fearful when I used to always get drunk. And um, even up until recently, I, 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 I was when I was going through the divorce and I was dealing with my emotions. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. When you're deep, dark deep and dark into you know sin you feel almost like the presence of god has left let's be real let's let's be honest and to say he did i said it feels like it because it's almost like you know what you're doing is wrong but you can't help it you're kind of just like uh, i just i can't help it i just have to keep doing it but how Am I here if I got the Holy Spirit with me and I'm in the presence? So there's no way the Holy Spirit's here. There's no way because if the Holy Spirit was here, I wouldn't want to do these things. So God, where are you? 
Where are you in this time? So I, I, I love that, that he asked God to keep me. Do not cast your presence or take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is my favorite part. It kind of spills over into the request to be used because when you repent and you change your ways, you almost want to make sure nobody else has to go through this hurtful moment. This is when you don't hear and then you feel. My mom used to always say that who don't hear must feel. And I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I started experiencing that because she would say, this is not something you want to go through. For example, I remember my mom would always tell me, be somebody who's better with money because you don't want to get to a point where you're suffering. I would never listen. I would spend on my credit cards, ruin my credit, do all these kind of things. And she's like, you didn't hear, so now you got to feel it. So now I'm at my age trying to build up the mistakes of the past because I didn't listen. Right? So these are the things that you have to understand. You got to understand that now that you've repented, you know what that hurt feels like. You know what you went through. So you just want to move forward. But you also have an inkling in you to help somebody else not go through it. This is what I love. So David says, and I'm going to start a bit into um, the previous scripture where it says, Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. So he's saying that I will teach those who are doing the same things I was doing their ways so that they can turn back to you. I want to be the person that they listen to and, and I can say, hey, I did this. I sinned, but I want to come back to you. Listen to me. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are my who are God my savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. So sorry, this is uh Psalms 51, 15 to 19 now. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare of your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You God will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered in your altar. So this is my favorite part. This is what I love. The whole thing's my favorite. I'm not going to lie. But this right here. My sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. My offering isn't just me saying, oops, this is why I said repent is deeper. It is being surrendered and giving God what is broken. My offering is me broken. I am your mold. Mold me, God. I'm broken. I have a contrite heart, God. Fix it. My heart is broken. My spirit is broken. That's my sacrifice. Because pride will tell you you're broken and fix yourself and heal yourself and don't let God know. But what God really wants is for us to go before him and say, I am broken and I'm struggling. Help me. Come on, y'all. That's the end of that prayer. It's important that we understand. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. That's 15. Sometimes when you sin and you don't reveal it, it keeps you silent. 
I could tell you from something of myself. When I sinned, I would say, who am I to talk to anybody? Because I'm doing it. So I would stop. I wouldn't say anything. Somebody would ask me and I'd be like, well, I mean, go ahead. Because I mean, I know better. No, open my mouth, open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. Meaning I did that. I was there, but I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. I can move forward. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. This is an episode that I really believe people need to dive into because Repentance is deeper. It's truly being able to understand where you are in the kingdom. It's truly for you to understand who you are in the kingdom. And it truly is to understand how you can change to ensure that your spot is in the kingdom. Okay? Because it's not enough just to say I'm a Christian. You actually have to put in work. Come closer, come closer. You have to put in work to be a Christian. <laughs> you got you got to actually do something. You do. <laughs> you don't just get to walk around and live two lives. It's it's not an easy change. That's true, but you could do it. Moving forward, I want you guys to practice repentance daily. Even if it's something small, practice it. Every day, if you acknowledge that you did something, repent. Even a small prayer of repentance. Or even just read David's prayer and insert in where he says, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Blot out my adultery. Blot out my fornication. Blot out my idolatry. Blot out my... Whatever it is, instead of saying transgressions, add your sin. Wash all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin right after that. Allow the word of God to change you. Allow repentance to do exactly what it said. Foundationally means to change the way you think about you, about God, and about other people. Allow repentance to change you and the way you think. Allow repentance to be the next step to a better Janelle, a next step to a better blank, whoever you are. Allow that to be your next step. Don't just think that repentance is for you just acknowledging it's supposed to be inward, outward, inward, outward. Today, I watched a video on Michael Todd and he was talking about the fruits of the spirit being evident because you have the spirit in you. Repentance allows for the spirit to continue to creep in. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. When you allow this spirit in, it pushes out the flesh. We have to understand that in order to bear the fruits of the spirit, we need to die and kill the fruits of the flesh. The fruits of the flesh don't allow the fruits of the spirit to bloom. He said, how is there evidence that there is an apple without a seed? How is there evidence that you're a Christian without the Holy Spirit? Where's the evidence? Repentance allows for the planting of the Holy Spirit so that you have the evidence that you are Christ follower because those fruits bear because you repented and released of these things. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Ask for a cleansing. Give your sacrifice. What is the sacrifice? It's a broken spirit. That means give yourself broken 
So God can put you together and make you whole. It's bigger than just saying, oops. It's deeper than saying, I made a mistake. You're actually now allowing for that speck of dirt to be wiped. So the Holy Spirit can be shown through. Think about a light bulb. If you dip it in mud and you screw it in, it's all like, ugh, you can't really see the light. But once you start to wipe it off and you clean it, it's bright. And it's able to draw things to it because now I'm clean. That is repentance. Repentance is the ability to wipe the stains off of your light. Hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. That ain't me. This is all the Holy Spirit. This ain't Janelle. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you guys. Be the light bulb that was dirty and clean. And every time that you wipe something off, it just gets brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for visiting us today. Thank you for the presence. Thank you for everything. I want to thank you guys all out there for listening today. If you like today's episode, (laughs) share it with a friend. Make sure that you just share it in general. Help me support this ministry in the sense of the word. I'm not really, I love monetary, but really I'm out there to change people. I'm out there for people to understand that God is not a joke. Christianity is not a joke. I mean, when you real, it's not a joke. And get it out there. Let people know that, you know, this is what Christ is about. Sin is not scary in the sense of like, oh my gosh, I sinned, I need to run away. Sin is something that you can acknowledge and it actually might bring you closer to the answer that you need so you can stop. That's repentance. So, share this episode. Love you guys. And don't forget, this is the beginning to your transformation for success. And if you guys need any prayers, hit me up. I'm sure it'll be in the outro. So we out. Thank you so much for listening to Chit Ella Chat. Don't forget, this is the beginning to your transformation for success. Also, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, ella.incontrol underscore underscore or on Facebook at EllaInControl.com. And don't forget to continue to support this ministry. Send us an email, EllaInControl at gmail.com if you have any prayer requests, need some advice, even just want to give me some words of inspiration. I'll definitely appreciate it. And if you feel that it is placed upon your heart to go ahead and support us with the donation, uh, you can do it through PayPal or also just shoot us an email transfer, paypal.me slash Ella in Control. We thank all of you guys for being faithful and listening to Ella's podcast. See you guys on the next show.